5: Connecting changes everything. at
6: Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 yo,
5: yo, 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 yo.
0: Good morning, Angelina Yee. Good morning, D.J. and Ben. Charlemagne N
5: Peace to the planet. It's Thursday.
0: Yes, it's Thursday. Good morning. How good y'all feeling? Good
7: morning. Blessed,
0: black and highly favored. How y'all feeling? Good. Feel great. Mm-hmm.
6: Feel great. I got some sleep last night. Woo, I feel good. I've been running <laughs> crazy. Me too. And sleep is so important. Lord have mercy. I don't know why we ever thought to ourselves that uh, sleep is the cousin of death. Uh, you know, you sleep when you die. All that stupid stuff we used to tell, tell each other when we was young. Mm-hmm. Now, it is. I'll tell you one thing. If you don't get no sleep, you're going to die. Yeah. All right. That's facts. Sleep is the
7: best. I was watching a movie yesterday um called Master. Have you guys seen that with Regina Hall and Marseille Martin?
6: Mm-mm,
0: mm-mm.
7: Oh, okay. It was cute.
0: So it's you got it's just cute. So you got, got. I mean not Martin. No, it was Regina. Review. It was <laughs> Regina Hall, up? but it's
7: it's like a horror movie. Oh. Sorry, Marsay Martin's not in that one, but it's called Master. So anyway, if you guys You know, I love watching a a scary movie. I just said, Regina Hall. It's a horror movie, but it's on a a school campus. Mm -hmm. And so it's a university, and there's all kinds of weird things happening. I don't want to give away too much. But in this one dorm room where the young girl is staying, uh, somebody has died there, I think a couple of times, uh, hanging themselves at the exact same time every time. So you get to watch as all kinds of weird things are happening. And she's a young black girl on campus, and there's all kinds of weird things happening, but it's always like a black girl that it happens.
6: So Ms. to. So A. Martin's not in it.
7: No, she's not. Regina Hall is starring in it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like racism in a, a P.W.I., and so it's a it's a horror movie kind of about that. But.
0: All right. Okay. Still didn't make me excited to go see it, but I right, I rock with you. I mean, it's on TV. No. I support no. Regina
7: Hall. I think she's a great actor, so I like. To yeah, watch I love her.
0: Regina
6: Hall. She's whatever it is she's in,
7: and then it's a horror movie, and you know I love horror movies. And oh, then no, it's yeah, on a I'll, college campus, so.
6: Yeah, all, all in saying is don't add movie reviews to where With <laughs> Anjali, uh, starting in January. That's all he's saying.
7: Well, I don't want to give away it's a horror movie. I can't tell you too much that happens, but it's pretty scary. So if you're, you know, in college, on, a, on a, in a dorm room, and then she's a black girl, there's racism there. It's a PWI. That's already scary. And then, you know, weird things happening. Okay. Make you scared to go to sleep.
0: All right. Well, let's get to the show then. All right, there. All right,
6: uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul will be joining us this morning. Mm-hmm. The governor of New York City, Kathy Hochul, she's running for uh, New York State. Uh, New York State. Yeah, I don't even want to say re. Oh yeah, New York State. I don't even want to say re-election because I mean she didn't get elected the first time, but she's is governor because of the whole situation that happened to uh, uh, Governor Christie. So correct. Governor Cuomo. What did I say, Christie? Christie. Oh, Governor Cuomo! Yes, <laughs> you all over so, the place. Huh? So, uh, so, 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 yes, she's she's running for election. Right. So yeah, she would be, be the first ever
7: elected woman to be governor of New York State. But uh, she's running against Lee Zeldin, and the race is a lot t- tighter than people would have anticipated.
6: Right. And okay. you know, Lee Zeldin came to the Breakfast Club uh, in August. That was an interesting conversation. hmm He 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 judged. He what he judge your jerk chicken? Uh? Yeah, the jerk chicken party. He didn't he judge it. He just chicken. was
7: there. He was at jerk fest. He said he was oh, a judge. I thought he said he was a judge. Yeah. I don't think he was. No, he was. His daughter was a judge.
0: Oh no. All right. <laughs> <Let's get laughs> All kinds sh- of misinformation. Yeah. Today. Let's get the show cracker. Front page news is what we talking about.
7: Uh, well, let's talk about. I know y'all want to talk about this. The Powerball. If you played, the jackpot is still growing. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll get to that next. It's the breakfast. Line. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teladano. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teladonna on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
7: AT&T
2: connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream.
1: Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to Voices That Glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories,
7: change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast. Is going on a road trip. I
8: thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this
5: board. This is uncanny USA.
10: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more And plan your summer with Sean Paul Some 41, 30 seconds to Mars Oh and Two Door Cinema Club
0: Good morning, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy We are the Breakfast Club Let's get in some front page news Now World Series The series is tied Astros beat the Phillies last night 5-0 No hitter And Thursday night football The Eagles take on the Texans at 8-15 tonight right. time,
6: for the, uh, time for the Eagles to lose I'm with you yeah, time for the Eagles to lose. I don't know if it'll be tonight, but it's time for the Eagles to lose. I'm with you. What else we got, Yeezy?
7: All right. Well, there's no Powerball winner, so that jackpot is now $1.5 billion. Yikes. All right. That is closing in on the biggest prize ever won, which was $1.586 billion. That was won by three, uh, by three different people, by people in three different states in 2016. So uh, you have until Saturday. The next drawing is on Saturday. Guys.
6: That's it. That's a nice backdrop to the holiday season. You know, just the fact that uh, there's a 1.2 billion dollar Powerball, so we, you know, a, 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 twice a week give some some people something to really be excited about. I guess it's 1.5 now. 1.5. Yeah. See, the other thing I like about that is when you're driving and you see the Powerball sign, I didn't know the Powerball sign could get to them kind of numbers. You know, you'd be looking like, let me see how they're gonna do this this 1.5 billion now uh, on the sign.
7: All right, now let's talk about Joe Biden. Uh, You know, elections are on Tuesday, November 8th. The midterms are fast approaching us. That's why wherever you are, you see ads on the television wondering who you should vote for, people attacking each other and all the other candidates. Well, Joe Biden is speaking out now about why it's so important to vote as democracy is under attack. And here's what he had to say
11: There are candidates running for every level of office in America for governor. Congress, Attorney General, Secretary of State that will not commit to accepting the results of election that they're running in. This is a path to chaos in America. It's unprecedented and it's un-American. As I've said before, can't love your country only when you win. I hope you'll ask a simple question of each candidate you might vote for. Will that person accept the legitimate will of the American people of the people voting in his district or her district. Will that person accept the outcome of the election win or lose and the answer to that question hangs the future of the country we love so much and the fate of the democracy that has made so much possible for us.
6: My, my problem is, man, we know democracy is under attack, and we are on the fast track to fascism. In fact, we're actually watching it happen in slow motion, but Democrats don't act like it. There is no sense of urgency, you know, coming from the other side. Like, they still act like, uh, you know, they can, they can d- deal with the, the other side rationally, as if those people aren't a bunch of white supremacists and fascists. That's the problem I have. There's no sense of urgency coming from the Democratic Party.
7: Alright, and I always tell people when you do go and vote, just make sure you know who you're voting for, know who's on the ballots. I always ahead of time you can do like a practice ballot online and that way you can see who's running. So you could do a little research so you're not just blindly voting for whoever. All right. So make sure you do that before you go and vote. But do make sure you do a a vote. That's mm-hmm. really important. All right, now C V S and Walgreens have agreed to settle for billions over opioid the opioid, oh, I can't say I never say opioid. Opioid oh. epidemic. All right. So they have announced nationwide settlements and uh, Walmart is expected to do do the same as well. So in a statement that was shared on Wednesday, CVS Health announced it had reached an agreement in principle under which it will pay an estimated five billion dollars over a 10 year period. That'll start next year. This payment, they said, would fully resolve any related claims. And Walgreens also shared on Wednesday they have agreed to settle those claims by way of a four point nine five billion dollar settlement to be issued over a 15 15 year period settlement. All right, and that is your front page news.
0: All right. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open again. 800 585 1051. Get it off your chest. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
8: The Breakfast
0: Club. What
8: you doing, man? Oh, I'm you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed,
1: 800 585 1051.
8: We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. <laughs>
1: Hello, who's this? Good morning, this is Tasha. Good morning, Charlamagne. Good uh, hey, Tasha. How you doing, Queen? <laughs> uh, first of all, pedestrians got a right, the right away. They do not have the right to be jerks or dis- disrespectful in the street. I have a car, this 4000 pound car. I mean, 4,000-pound car. It can hurt you, ton, whatever the, the weight is. Y'all don't have the right to be jerks in the street. That's okay. One. Two, the people, people that are not from Brooklyn, In Brooklyn, being disrespectful to people in Brooklyn. I'm talking about the people in (laughs) 7-Eleven. I'm talking about the people that work at Checkers. I'm talking about people that are not black Americans or uh, any Americans. (laughs) They are not from America, and they over here being disrespectful and racist in Brooklyn. I am tired. What happened? So so I went to Checkers. I worked for these... uh, Delivery apps and I have insomnia, so I'm up four, three, four o'clock in the morning going to these stores and picking up orders and picking them to people because they're hungry. And I'm doing this <laughs> with a smile and I'm happy about it because I'm making a dollar. However, when I get there and people close and they act like they don't want to come to the door and tell me something because I'm asking a question, <laughs> they looking at me like I'm dirty. I'm from Brooklyn. You're not from Brooklyn. You dirty. I'm a thoroughbred. Come to this door. I'll be here when the damn store opens. I want to talk to a manager. I want to call a franchise owner. I want to talk to somebody that's not working in this store. Okay. Right. okay. Well, she definitely got it off her chest today. All right. Yeah. And So, wait, you do I, you do delivery, food deliveries uh, from yeah. the apps? Yes, okay. I Grubhub, I Uber, I DoorDash, I Roadie, I Instacart. I do it all because I don't like to be doing nothing. And you from right. Brooklyn and we hustle. Let them know. All right, thank That's you, right. mama. We hustle. I'm a thoroughbred and we hustle okay. all day, everything. Do that die.
6: Okay, all right. That Hello, is what give it off your chest is for, people.
9: <laughs> yeah, That's on. At good morning, yeah, I'm calling from Saginaw, Michigan, 989. What's up, brother? Get it off your chest. What's happening, man? I've been listening to you a long, long time, and I, today I took the uh, took the advantage of listening to Angela Lee. Angela Lee, I love you guys, but what Angela Yee? I love you guys, but why do you take every opportunity to correct somebody when they're wrong?
7: Well, to say who's running I mean, for governor and who's um, and that it's the state and not the city.
12: Yeah, not just that.
7: Um, I mean, that's point, we want to make sure the point. information's right.
6: Well, it wasn't who was running for governor. It was who was uh, who she replaced. You,
9: you can be wrong sometimes, too, Angela. You knock it off, baby. I love you.
7: I didn't say I was wrong, but you would rather me not say if something's incorrect?
9: Every day you take, take the time out to find somebody wrong. Come on, Angela.
7: So, you, all right, I won't say if anything's wrong anymore. That's what you want?
9: No, I just want you to look at yourself sometimes. Quit correcting people all
6: the time while I like you. That's a weird critique. I think you should uh, correct people, especially when we're on air, if we're giving out misinformation. <laughs> I think we all should do that to each other. Like, that's a, that's just the logical thing to do, I would think, in I, 2022. I, I would think so.
13: Okay,
7: I mean.
6: We're, we're, we're on air broadcasting. If I say something wrong, or Angelique says something wrong, or Envy says something wrong, we should. Uh, correct each other.
7: I, I corrected myself earlier. I mistakenly said Marseille Martin and I said, oh no, I'm wrong. It wasn't her. I just, well, if I, if something's wrong, I can't help it. I don't want to, then people will tell you when you're wrong too on Twitter.
0: Well, get it off your chest. That was wrong. You said that wrong. Like, 585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
8: The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or blessed.
13: Or blessed say it with
12: your
8: chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club.
12: So if you got something on your mind, yeah. later.
9: Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Coach Davis. Good morning, Envy, Charlamagne, and Angela Yee. How y'all doing? Good what up, Coach? Coach get Davis, it off your chest. Happening? All right, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, listen, I was, I, you know, I was talking, hearing y'all talk about that power ball, man. 1.5 billion. I got a question, uh-huh. right? Uh-oh. Supposedly, lottery is supposed to go to the schools and the betterment of the schools and things of that nature. You know, given I'm a coach, I work in the educational field. Where the hell is that money going? Like, really, uh, I you know, agree. Listen, if they're able, if they're able to give 1.5 billion away, how much did they actually collect? I agree. If they're able to give that amount of money away, that's crazy. If they gave well, 1.5 billion away for a prize, they had to collect at least five to 10 times that. Where they they that money A large
6: at? amount goes to taxes, which yeah, I would assume is supposed, which I would assume is that's what's supposed to go to the schools. But yeah, the schools ain't getting no better. At least not the, the schools in the in the hoods. Absolutely. Uh, uh, there should be a study
9: on that. How much money? I believe there is a study on that. Yeah, How they said about a third is,
7: see- is paid out and then the rest is supposed to go for other things, in particular, often to education.
6: And we don't see right. it. I get what the brother's saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we don't we don't see it in the schools that that uh, actually actually need it.
9: That actually need it. And and come on, man. I, I got a I got a brother who's you know a principal in Mississippi. I know he's not seeing that type of money. Are you serious? Yeah. Come oh, on, man. This is ridiculous. I tell you what.
6: Another thing I be thinking about too. It's like yo, know, the people that be winning these uh these big jackpots. They don't never show off on social media. Like not even a little. Hey, no, 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 no,
9: no, oh, on, <laughs> Show me. I got one better. I, yeah, listen. Call me conspiracy theorist, I don't care. But when these power balls be getting up to a billion, they say that there are some states that you don't have to identify who you are.
6: Yeah, you can remain anonymous, yeah. it yep. seems
9: like every time there, there is a <laughs> that winner wins. it's in these states that they don't <laughs> have to identify. So do we know if these if these people really getting that money or if it's all this money just going somewhere else? We do I see some of those can. stories,
7: though, in those documentaries about some people who win the lottery and, and they then get they end broke. up having all kinds of bad things happen. It's like a, um, what do they say? It's like a curse?
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, curse me, damn it.
6: Come on. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 blessed. I'm blessed by the highly favored. So come at me, devil. I need that. <laughs> and it's, a lot of it's, only, it's only 11 states that remain anonymous. And uh, South Carolina is uh, definitely one of them. I've been playing the Powerball for so long. I know that. And New Jersey. South Carolina and New Jersey are definitely uh, two states you can remain anonymous. People, you could set
7: up like a trust also or something, I right? I know Jersey
6: and, was. Yeah, you could definitely set up a trust. Yeah, Jersey is, South Carolina is, Arizona, Delaware, Georgia, Kansas, Maryland, uh, Ohio, North Dakota, Texas, and Virginia. You can remain anonymous if you win the Powerball. Okay.
0: All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way?
7: Yes. As we are getting ready for the Drake and 21 Savage album to drop tomorrow, we'll tell you some of the things that they're doing to promote.
0: All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
8: With Angela Yee on the Breakfast
13: Club. So up. Nah, 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 nah.
7: Well, as you know, Drake and Twenty One Savage have their joint album "Her Loss" coming out tomorrow and so as promotions they've been doing a bunch of different things like they did a fake sit down with howard stern it was uh, promoted as an interview drake tweeted out absolutely no filter with the incomparable at stern show thanks for having us and here's some of the questions about things like drake's favorite porn
3: what what type of porn are you watching what? Wow.
14: wow holy, holy highest tier of <laughs> givers that's really what i'm I see consistently like on a daily basis tuned into like right just really like those are like the real superstars of the world (laughs) to me yeah
3: all
7: right in addition to that there was uh you know drake and 21 savage talking about uh being the best rappers in their country
3: do you feel any affiliation with the country that you were born in yeah 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 feel like it
14: kind of like like i relate to a lot of cultures because of that like because um Born in London, but then like all my family like migrated from the West Indies and shit. So he's like I'm damn near like gumbo when it come to culture for real. I feel like that's crazy. I mean, you know my answer obviously. I mean that that place is everything to me, bro. I might be the greatest rapper from my country too, though. Yo, you know a lot of people say that, right? Oh, you know a lot of people are like, yo, you're like the pride of London. Oh, real, that's why <laughs> like that like that London that O2 night like that has to happen oh, that's going to be some different that's like some real homecoming yeah oh, i'm excited for that
6: i'm glad you said uh, that interview was fake though because i was wondering if that was a full interview cuz i'm here for a full interview with howard stern and drake and 21 savage i'm tuned into that you tuned into that i oh, thought it was real i just
0: thought it was I, I thought it was real
7: all right in addition to that 21 savage talks about his love of reading and he reads everywhere apparently
3: didn't you guys start a nerdy book club or
14: something yeah i love books savage loves to read really he's an avid reader we'll be like in the strip club oh backstage at the show right like in his hood like on his block and, shit, and he'll just pull a book out like yeah charlotte's Webb. Well. he loves charlotte's Webb. Well, really Harry potter too i love him sorcerer stone, the stone. <laughs> stone for real Nah, you talking about they also have what
7: a fake interview fake because all of this sounds real to me. You think he loves love Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web, Web and that he's always reading in the strip club?
14: I
6: think he reads it in the strip club. I, I've, I've taken Bibles into the strip club, and I love Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is a phenomenal read. But you didn't read the Bible in the strip club. No, but I took it in there. I mean, I already read it. <laughs> well, he's saying he's an
7: he's reading. And then he, in addition to that, they did a fake uh, tiny desk tease for a parent concert that they were going to, you know, the tiny desk shows that they have. So um, they, t- they posted this.
14: What's up, everybody? Appreciate you uh, joining us today, all the, the audience, everybody at home. My name is Drake. 21 and uh this is our Tiny Desk. Let's get it. Yeah, let's get into it.
7: Now, NPR Music okay, so tweeted out, let's do it for real, though, because it's not a real one. They did a fake tease for a Tiny Desk concert.
6: So are they making fun of everybody that's mainstream and their promo runs? Because I saw the fake Vogue cover. The yeah, fake they have Howard a fake, fake Vogue mm-hmm. cover The fake, also. The fake tiny desk and the crazy part is these are all things i actually want to see the only thing i was mad about with the vogue cover i'm like yo 21 why you covering your face on the front of vogue but you know it was fake so whatever why why did you bring a bible to the strip club uh i was going through a phase and i just wanted people to be better that's all (laughs) (laughs) you you were trying to save people in the strip club walking around the strip club with the bible it was it, that was on World Star back in the day. That was a long time ago. That's like 14 years ago. That's weird. Maybe All right. Longer, no, longer 15 years ago.
7: They also released a cover for their joint album too. So you know, again, that's called Her Loss.
6: Is the cover real?
7: I believe that's real. Yes.
6: But I saw it. It's, it's got some a uh, woman's face on the front. I, 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 is it real? I don't know if that's real. All
7: right. Well, they thanked Vogue magazine for the fake cover. They said me and my brother are on newsstands tomorrow. Thanks Vogue magazine and Anna Wintour for the love and support on this historic moment. Her loss, November
6: 4th. I wonder if they did that just to piss off uh, Kanye, because Anna Wintour just stopped talking to Kanye. Um, or, cut, or Vogue cut him off.
7: I mean, I'm pretty sure that they really were, you know, had a whole rollout plan, but then, and Vogue is the epitome. You never
6: know that, that, that And then they, have the, Stern, and then they have the Howard Stern and then they have the Tiny Desk.
13: Yeah,
6: they did a whole concert together. <laughs> All right, the 21 Savage too, it makes sense that 21 Savage loves knives so much, you know, because, you know, born in London, because, you know, that knife is that thing out there.
7: All right. In addition to that, since you brought up Kanye, there are six people who have worked with Ye or witnessed him in professional settings over the past five years. And they've said they've heard him praise Hitler. or mentioned conspiracy theories about Jewish people. And he actually paid a settlement to a former employee who alleged that he praised Hitler and Nazis during meetings, according to documents. Uh, So... Ryder Rips, who was a conceptual artist who worked with Ye off and on from 2014 to 2018, said he recalled multiple times when Kanye spoke positively about Hitler and the Nazis or mentioned anti-Jewish conspiracies during meetings in the summer and fall of 2018. He's Jewish, and he said he pushed back against Ye's comments at the time but thought they didn't seem that dangerous. He said after this most recent wave of statements, he thinks that things are different, and he said it's dangerous and disgusting and actually violent. Uh, And in the settlement that was reviewed by NBC News, Ye paid a former employee who alleged having witnessed more than one incident in which uh, he praised Hitler or Nazis in business meetings. Now, Ye did deny the claims made by that former employee in the agreement, though. All right. And representatives for Ye have not uh, commented on these stories yet. Now speaking of that, Kyrie Irving has released a statement, a joint statement along with the Brooklyn Nets and he said, I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I'm aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from My family and I, we meant no harm to any one group, race or religion of people and wish to only be a beacon of truth and light. That's in response to a post that he originally did for a movie called Hebrews to Negroes Wake Up Black America. He posted that last week and he defended that post in a news conference saying that he wouldn't stand down. But now he's saying that, you know, he wants to make sure that people know that there is no room for anti-Semitism, racism, false narratives or misguided attempts to create animosity and Hate. So now he's also, by the way, working with the Anti-Defamation League in an effort to develop educational programming that is inclusive and will comprehensively combat all forms of anti-Semitism and bigotry.
6: I mean, that's honorable what Kyrie did. I mean, if he feels he did something that offended a group of people and they are informing him that, you know, what he did was offensive, and that's how he chooses to, chooses to respond, I'm with that. Like, I haven't seen the documentary, but from what I heard, it's a doc that... You know, it has a lot of allegations inside of it that are, that are false and anti-Semitic. So if you didn't know that and that's what you don't represent, apologize and do what you feel you need to do to right the wrong. Simple.
7: Yes, and Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets are each donating $500,000, by the way, to the Anti-Defamation League as well.
6: And, and I feel like, you know, if you're a black person, every time you talk about bigotry, anti-Semitism or racism, you got to be specific and say anti-black. Uh, racism as well Like you gotta be specific Especially if you're A black black person Cause we're specific When we say You know uh, Anti-Semitism As we should be So we gotta be specific About saying Anti-black racism as well
7: Alright well That is your Rumor report
0: Alright we got Front page news next What are we talking about
7: Yes and let's talk About voting Y'all know These midterms Are coming up Tuesday is the deadline And so we'll give you Some more information On that And we'll tell you What Joe Biden Had to say
0: Alright we'll get to that Next it's the Breakfast Club Good morning the Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. When it's time to get with someone special, the best way to do it is with Magnum large size condoms. That gold foil wrapper is a badge of honor, and it means you're protected. And you take care of things with comfort. Accept no substitutes. Bring the pleasure with the gold standard. Magnum large size condoms. E.J. Going. Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. All right, now the World Series. If you're into it, Phillies versus the Astros. The Astros won last night 5-0. They tied the series 2-2. Now tonight, Thursday Night Football, the Eagles take on the Texans. Come on, Houston. Come on. You rooting for Houston? Yeah, I want Houston to beat the Eagles.
6: You want the Eagles? First. Oh, oh! You know what? I'm bugging. I'm so crazy. I thought you was talking about the World Series. <laughs> what you talking about, man? <laughs> but, I thought, but even still, with that, I get, I get why you want the Eagles to lose because uh, you're a Giants fan in Correct. the NFC East. Yes. But I thought in the World Series you'd be rooting for uh, Philly because Philly's closer to you. No, I really don't care about the World Series. Uh, me, my Yankees aren't there, so I don't like it baseball is what it anyway. Is. Yeah. I got a mean Yankees jacket. I'm aware for no reason, though. Hmm. Okay. All right. What, what else, else you we got? Somebody easy? gave it to me. What? Well,
7: As we are getting ready for elections on Tuesday for the midterms, Uh, everybody is out and about right now doing their interviews. Obama was in Arizona, and he wants to make sure that people are voting. He said, if you do need one more reason to vote, consider the fact that our democracy is on the ballot. And he said that democracy as we know it may not survive in Arizona if election deniers fill all the top state offices. He also went on TikTok and did some collaborations with TikTokers telling people that they need to vote.
2: It's
1: Monday night, and here's what's happened. B,
4: what are you, what are you doing under my desk? Well, under the desk is kind of my thing, I mean. Yeah, but here's the thing, you can stay for now, but when it comes time to voting, you're gonna have to get up because you've got climate change legislation on the ballot, you've got gun safety, and if we can elect more pro-choice members of Congress, we can reinstitute Roe versus
15: Wade as the law of the land. So. You can't stay here. You're gonna to have to take a little bit of time to vote. It's now a bad time to say that I voted for McCain in
13: 2008.
16: Eh,
0: as long as you voted, <laughs> okay. Okay. go to IWillVote.com and I will see you at the polls. She was under his desk.
7: Yeah, there's a. Um, that's weird. There's a TikToker. Who does that's kind of a thing. All right, no, now. That was weird. <laughs> I know it. You have to see the whole video. It's even...
6: Imagine if that was Bill Clinton. that was Bill Clinton <laughs> that's was of thinking. Obama. That's what I was everybody, thinking. Everybody, everybody would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Bad joke, guys.
7: Now, President Obama also endorsed um, Karen Bass to be L.A.'s next mayor. Here he is supporting her.
8: How you doing, Karen? I am doing great. It's so exciting to see you.
15: Well, it is good to see you. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I, I took some time out to talk to you personally. Huh. Uh, just to say how proud I am of your campaign. Oh. And to just let you know that you, know, you were there early for me when I ran for president. Always. Always you've always been on the right side of the issues that we care so deeply about. Thank you. And uh, I'm confident you're gonna be an outstanding mayor of LA. Oh, thank you so much. As you know, you gotta run through the tape. Exactly. So we got a little more work to do. Exactly. But uh, but I'm really proud of you and grateful for your friendship. More importantly, grateful for the service you've rendered all these years and uh, all the stuff you're gonna do in the future.
6: You know, I feel like this country is on the fast track to fascism. We already see rights being stripped away, political violence when they don't like the results of things. And the Democrats do not have a sense of urgency to, in regards to any of that. If democracy is on the ballot and you telling us democracy as we know it is going to die, then you got to give us that sense of urgency. All those little cute sketches not going to work. Obama seemed like he out here doing a promo for an album like Drake in 21, and Drake in 21 seemed more convincing.
7: Well, he's probably also trying to go to where the people are. Like, if a lot of people watch the under-the-desk news on TikTok, you know, and there's over two there, I think it has over two million followers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fine. That's but, probably but just part of the have a of sense of reason. urgency
6: about it. That's fine. But they waited so late. <laughs> just have a sense of urgency. just have a sense of urgency. If democracy is really dying and democracy is really on the ballot, act like it.
13: hmm
7: Well, Joe Biden also was Was in, he under-the-desk too? was Under the Desk news? It's a popular TikTok platform where they give political news real quick.
6: If Joe Biden get under the desk, he's going to need a lot of help getting back up.
7: Well, he also was in D.C. He was speaking from Union Station, and that's close to the U.S. Capitol. And he started uh, talking about, of course, the importance of everybody getting out to vote.
11: There are candidates running for every level of office in America, for governor. Congress, Attorney General, Secretary of State that will not commit to accepting the results of elections that they're running in. This is a path to chaos in America. It's unprecedented and it's un-American. As I've said before, can't love your country only when you win. I hope you'll ask a simple question of each candidate you might vote for. Will that person accept the legitimate will of the American people, of the people voting in his district or her district? Will that person accept the outcome of the election, win or lose? And the answer to that question hangs the future of the country we love so much and the fate of the democracy that has made so much possible for us.
7: They've also no had sense to sense
6: the urgency, bro.
11: They've None. also
7: had to increase security a lot of polling places as well. So they're mm-hmm. concerned about whether or not it's going to be some issues. All right. No sense
6: of urgency. When Chicken Little told me the sky was falling, I believed it. And I promise you, when you turn the right-wing news like Fox News, the elected officials and uh, the, the, the broadcasters on those networks, they have a sense of urgency. They really act like the sky is falling. They really act like, you know, the death of democracy is upon us, but they just blame it on Democrats. And it's very believable. It's not believable coming from the Democrats. It's really not.
7: All right. Well, again, that deadline for you guys to vote is on uh, the 8th, which is on Tuesday. So everybody has a responsibility right now. They're expecting us to. There's a lot of voter suppression, a lot of people who feel like it doesn't matter. It's not important. Some people, like I said, they've had to increase security for a lot of these poll workers and people working there. So just make sure you do your part. okay? And do your research before you get there. So you know who you're voting for. And that is your
0: Front From page, page news. news. That's right. All right. Now, when we come back, the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, will be joining us. And we're going to talk to her next. All right? She's
7: running for election. That's so. right.
0: All right, And we'll talk to us. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
8: Power one oh five one. The Breakfast Club, Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Morning,
0: everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. She is the governor of New York. We have Governor Kathy Hochul. Welcome. Good, Good morning. morning. Good
17: to see everybody. Great, Great to,
0: to
7: see be here. You. I-, I was like, we have to have you up here because elections are coming up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see a lot. Of, I've been seeing ads like crazy lately. There's a lot of information and a lot of misinformation out there. So we wanted to make sure we had you, because Lee Zeldin's been up here already. I and mean, In
6: fact, he sat in that same chair. That same mm-hmm. chair you're mm-hmm. sitting in, Lee mm-hmm. Zeldin sat in. All
17: right, all right, all
0: right. You're throwing
17: down the gauntlet now, huh? Okay, all right,
6: bring well, him on, thing, bring it on. First thing Governor said was,
0: I should have worn my Bills jacket when I was coming here because she seen me wearing my uh, New York Giants. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I can
6: not I'm,
7: I'm a Bills fan. Well, There you go.
0: This
6: year.
7: Why do you like the Bills so much? Well, every know. year I pick a different team. This year I picked the Bills because I felt like they had a good chance of possibly going to the Super Bowl. I She's a swing voter. No, you're
6: no, no. You're you're a ball. swing voter. You should And, I, respect and I'll
17: take a swing voter. I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, you don't just, I'll take a fair-weather fan any day. Just be with the team. She
6: can't name one player.
17: Just say Josh Allen, you're fine. Just say say Josh Allen. (laughs) Allen.
6: (laughs) You you told an interesting story before the mics came on about uh, uh, Liz Eldon at the debates.
17: Yeah, it's interesting. I was just, you know, you're talking about the size of the chairs and Mm -hmm. the height and all that stuff. I said, I'm a little shorter. We had a a little platform built for us at the debate. Give me a little so I could reach the microphone. And, uh, you know, just in some reason, my opponent decided he needed to have the platform built as well. So I just. Whatever that's all about. Very much. be that much taller. It's all right.
6: Yeah, it feeds, it kind of feeds into like the intimidation factor that we saw uh, Trump do against uh, uh, Hillary Clinton in Uh. the debates.
17: You know, it's a nice effort, but nobody intimidates me. Hey, There you, you know, go. Yeah, you know, I'm a street fighter from Buffalo. It's, you know, bring it on is what I what I say. So that's all right. I love I love campaigning, by the way. Now, uh-huh. how did
0: you become governor of New York? For most people, like do you don't know
17: what up. happened in August of? Yeah. Yeah, Christ, <laughs> <laughs> My let me, God. Let oh me take gosh, you back. <laughs> 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 let me take you back.
0: A lot of people don't know. <laughs> yes, they was, do. It was,
17: it was, <laughs> a lot of people. Okay, don't know. Uh,
7: listen, you would be the first elected woman governor. But she was elected per se. Okay. Okay. Not yeah. If if after this election. You know, when you win, yeah. yep. you would be the first woman elected governor. That w- That's a huge deal. But you are governor now because mm-hmm. of Cuomo and everything
17: that happened with that. Because of res- res- I was lieutenant governor for eight years. Mm-hmm. That's why I know this state. I know all the boroughs. I know all the great restaurants. I know all the neighborhoods. I've been everywhere for eight years. But when you're lieutenant governor, you're number two. You don't, It's not exactly the most high-profile prof- position, right? Mm-hmm. You probably couldn't name my lieutenant governor now, can you? Mm-mm. No. And, uh, here oh, you go. no, It's I can't. Antonio Delgado. Oh, no, no, I can't. No, an, <laughs> I'll take somebody else. All right, so it's Antonio Delgado, and mm-hmm. he's fabulous. Uh, he's a member of Congress, became our lieutenant governor. I was lieutenant governor for eight years. Before that, I was a member of Congress mm-hmm. from upstate New York. So I became the governor when a governor resigns, lieutenant governor takes over. So I've been on the job 14 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I could step right in because I knew the job. I knew the state. I knew the issues and I've been working on them for many, many years. So the transition, a lot of people say, my God, what a tough time. Mm-hmm. You know, hurricane and pandemic and shooting in Buffalo and all those things you've had to overcome. I can handle it because I've had to overcome so much throughout my life.
7: I'm a New Yorker, and one of the main things right now with this election that everybody's talking about is cashless bail. Now, Lee Zeldin is saying he will get rid of cashless bail if he's elected. I want to know what your thoughts are on that because we've you know we've been talking about this a lot, and there's a lot of misinformation about bill and Cas's bill and people going back in the streets and crime in New York. so I want to get your position because I think crime in New York is such a huge issue right
17: now it's it's a huge issue is right this is my number one issue I've been working on this not because it's a campaign time, but since I became governor a year ago and I can walk you through what we've done on getting eight thousand illegal guns off the streets i mean there's no legal guns being made here. They're all illegal coming in from another state. Mm-hmm. So I took our state police and said, you can be out there giving out speeding tickets or I can get you on the border stopping the flow of illegal guns. And so we focused on a lot of ways we've made a difference on the murders and shootings. But the bail issue is important. and I'm really grateful to have the chance to explain it. A number of years ago, the decision was made by my predecessor in the legislature that there's a situation where Two people accused of the same offense.
13: Mm-hmm.
17: They both steal a backpack, go before a judge. One's family has money. He gets bailed out. He goes back to his job. He goes back to school. He's fine. You know, shows up in court later and everything's good. A person whose family does not have the money or they don't have the money themselves to post bail, they end up in Rikers mm-hmm. for a low level offense. Doesn't harm anybody, right? So that was the injustice. That was the premise behind the original bail changes back in 2018, 2019. What happened though is not just the low-level cases, but other cases, other crimes were being swept under the changes. Cases with guns, loaded or unloaded. Cases where there's repeat offenders, people keep going into the same store day after day after day after day and, and clearing the shelves and harm to other people, violations of orders of protection. So I became the governor, watching the crime rate, watching what's going on, not blaming those changes, but saying there's some loopholes that we need to close. We need to bring some of this back under. And I fought hard for that. And I took a lot of grief for that because I knew in my heart it was the right thing to do, but I had to win people over. I did it in our budget, got those changes done. They've only been in effect a few months, so they haven't had a chance to work, but I need the whole system to work. What people don't realize is that for two straight years, there were no criminal trials, no jury trials because Mm -hmm. of COVID. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't meet because they didn't want to have jurors sitting that close to each other. So we have a huge backlog of cases in the court system. I also need the judges to do the right thing, the district attorneys to do the right thing, and the whole system to work together. And telling people we're still the safest big city in America doesn't feel like it. I understand that to my core. I understand the anxiety. And going into the subway with Mayor Adams a couple weekends ago was not my first time. He was newly sworn in January 6th, last, the, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. We went to the subways and talked about the fear in the subways, protecting people, getting more police, getting cameras. So someone's going to do something wrong, we're going to catch you on camera, mm-hmm. and you'll be brought to justice. You can't hurt somebody else on a subway. And also the people who are severely mentally ill. Severely mentally ill people should not be on the subway because they can have an episode and push somebody on mm-hmm. a track, and there's a tragedy. So... We call it, you know, working on cops, cameras and care. We've been doing this from the beginning. This is not a new issue to me. So it is very disingenuous for someone to come on the show and say, changing the bail laws is gonna make the difference. We made changes, let's see how they work. I'm always willing to make changes if necessary. I'm, I'm flexible, but we have a nationwide crime spike. You can't blame the New York state bail laws on that. I was going to ask
0: you know with, with police officers leaving, large at large numbers right they're retiring they're quitting they don't want to do it they're saying a lot of it is due to the bail reforms they're arresting people, and with the hours they come right back out and and then they do that same crime over and it's not like you said small level crimes and that's making a lot of cops and people scared where they don't want to go to work anymore because they're like they feel like their work is for nothing,
17: and that's exactly the change we made when I talked about repeat offenders I can understand the frustration, the police officers. And the business person who's just been robbed wants some justice. And nothing happens because they get re- people get cycled through over and over again. That's how it was. But as part of the budget that I got through, and again, the budget's when the governor has the most power. Mm-hmm. You know, That's when I can put things in there that others may not be real excited about, but that's when I can use the leverage of the budget. That's what I used. That's why our budget was nine days late. I said, I'm not leaving here until we deal with this repeat offender issue and some of these other issues. So now the law says... That if it's a repeat offender, you have the ability, judge, to consider bail. Now, again, that's still the discretion of the judge. A judge can still come up with a different decision. Mm -hmm. I can't control that. I don't elect the judge here. Mm -hmm. But that's where the system is starting to pull back together. Everybody does their part.
0: All right, we have more with the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, is DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul.
7: Isn't that still the same problem? If somebody can afford to get out on bail, right, and the judge gives you a bail, then the people who have money will still be able to get out, and the people who don't have money won't.
17: The judge also has the discretion to remand as well. In cases, he can look at, is it bail eligible? Does he want to set it so high he knows the person's not going to make it, so they will be held? Or does he just want to simply remand them and hold them? And that's where the whole system has to work together. It's many parts. It's so simplistic to just say, yeah, you, know, you fire one district attorney and change bail, and then everything's all wonderful again. I hope both voters aren't buying that. I hope they are not buying that. That that is so disingenuous, so unfair. It's a lie. It's a lie. That's not going to change things. And for someone Lee Zeldin, who says he's tough on crime but is soft on guns, mm-hmm. ask him whether or not he voted in Washington for the most significant anti-gun legislation. That made sure that there was background checks and other reforms, the most significant legislation in Washington in 30 years, he wouldn't even vote for it. He didn't vote to fund police in Washington. He didn't bother to show up to vote. I tripled the amount of money going for law enforcement, as well as our violence disruptor groups, the people who've been in the system who come out and work with the clergy and the community leaders to try and get young people to be on a different path so they don't feel the only family they're going to have is in a gang. I have invested money, resources, changed laws, and worked on getting illegal guns off the streets. And Lee Zeldin doesn't even bother to show up to support our police. People need to know that. And this is really frightening. He opposes our efforts to keep concealed weapons off the subways and out of churches and synagogues and schools. And in fact, he even said this weekend, teachers should have guns. He said teachers should have guns. Think about this. Let's say a school has a metal detector. Okay. Mm-hmm. Someone says, well, I've been radicalized online like the white supremacists who massacred my neighbors up in Buffalo. You get more people like that. They want to become famous.
13: Mm-hmm.
17: So I'm going to go shoot up a classroom. I don't have to worry about getting past the metal detector because I know there's a loaded gun in a classroom. I can just go take that gun from the teacher because you just told me that every teacher is going to have a gun. Well,
6: that's a hell of a hypothetical, though, right? To say that the student can fight a teacher and take the gun.
17: You don't think a, an adult could come in? Or another, an eighteen-year-old, a twenty-year-old. I mean, most I mean, of those in sh- classrooms mo- does sound most like of a Most very... of these shooters are eighteen. Uh, they're, a... they're mostly eight, they're mostly eighteen-year-olds.
6: Yeah, I'm a person who believes you know schools should have the same type of security as the airport. Like, so I believe that there should be metal detectors. I believe that there should be you know armed guards just like there is at the at the airport. So if it's if it's not that, what do you think they you should know, do to you, protect schools? What so, you
17: said is smart. Okay. Which Why are are the, the teachers? Te- we're not the teachers. Yeah. That that's the difference. He said teachers. I have no But Couldn't trouble. you tackle
6: an armed guard the same way, though? Couldn't you say? Uh, well, an
17: armed guard is trained. Okay. They're not going to have someone just walk up. I mean, a teacher isn't. Our teachers have enough to deal with. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with kids who've been left behind for two straight years because they had basically no education.
6: What if it's a teacher who is an avid gun owner, who's trained, who knows how to use their gun and feels safer with their gun in the classroom because of everything that's happening nowadays? What
17: I would ask is the parents how do you feel your child? being in a classroom when there's a, a loaded gun. I think that's a fair question. Ask the parents how they would feel about that. Depends could who got the gun.
0: You could, say, you could ask the, you know, the, the parents how those children feel that we, children were, were killed when the police didn't run in and they had no right. protection. Yeah. And, and see, when it comes to New York, my problem with New York is, and I was born and raised in New York, my father's a retired police officer, I feel like a lot of times it forces you to get in a situation you can't handle, right? If I go to any other state, I think it's like 40 states I'm licensed to carry. I can't carry in New York, of course. Um, but how do I protect myself with crime rising and they're letting people out as they get locked up? It's like I'm a target. It's like he's a target. It's like, you know, you have security. So you're not as a target She's a target, you know, to the point where I don't feel comfortable taking my kids trick-or-treating You know, I don't feel comfortable because I can't protect myself and then the police are not coming they're they're retiring and quitting at high rates and it, and it's like but if I do carry a weapon and I'm doing it and I'm carrying it to protect myself, I got to go to jail for three years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, a, a weird situation, especially in New York when it comes to carrying legal mm-hmm. firearms.
17: And let me let me talk and I'm, to you. And I'm about trained. And I understand. And let's talk about New York State has some of the toughest gun laws in America. The toughest. A lot of states do not have any restrictions. Mm-hmm. So what is the death by firearm rate in states like New York? About five people per one hundred thousand killed by firearms. In the states that don't have the same protections we do, pick any one of them, it's about 20, 25, 30, per hundred thousand. The number of people getting killed by firearms because the accessibility, someone gets into a fight in a bowling alley or gets unhappy with someone at a subway station, someone gets shoved, and they're not just shoving back anymore, they have a weapon. I think we really need to rethink whether or not within a city with 8 million people, we want people armed sitting all around us because the, de- the data shows that those states that have looser laws, people are dying at a higher rate than they are here in the state of New York if that's the real concern that we have. So I, I look at numbers, I look at data, I understand, but I also understand the very fe- really real emotions that are out there. There's, there is fear out there, but we in telling people that the numbers are lower, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it's how you feel and the reality is murders and shootings are down but other crimes are up, without a doubt, and we're trying to tackle that. You know, the big crime right now is car theft. People are stealing the catalytic converter catalytic converters, mm-hmm. converters yeah. because. And we just had to pass a pass along, and now we have. If someone's trying to steal a catalytic converter, the metals in it are very expensive. They take it to a chop shop. Everybody gets rich. Then there's a victim out. We have victims out there. We made it so the shop that they go to now has to report it to us. They have to keep a record of who brought that. Mm-hmm. So we just did that last week. I think that's going to start driving down that. So when you look at our numbers, one of the big drivers is auto theft and the theft of catalytic converters. So everywhere there's a problem, we're tackling it and going at ghost guns. One year ago, people could order online, mm-hmm. the, in, assemble in their living room, mm-hmm. put together an assault weapon, and go shoot up a grocery store in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We banned the ghost guns. So we're always trying to be ahead of this. You know, My, my husband was Barack Obama's United States attorney up in western New York you know he his focus was gangs and street crimes mm-hmm. and he f- and drove down the rate where he was able to work with the community groups the clergy the violence disruptors they were all his allies but also worked really hard with law enforcement and brought them together to drive crime down i still see we have great potential to do that that's why as governor i've been that convener i brought together nine states leaders of nine states law enforcement to say I need your help to stop those guns from coming here I don't want them in East New York I don't want them in the Bronx I want our people safe and it's that flow of guns we have 400 million guns in this country that kids are killing each other and it has to stop and part of the other way to stop it is to give those young people an alternative and I'm laser focused on training programs and right. helping them get the jobs and I speak in churches all the time but it's mostly the older women in the churches and I say get your grandson in here Get him in this program. There's people who are going to take care of him. He's going to be okay. We just to have to stop the time in his life when he's most vulnerable
0: mm-hmm.
13: to
17: the allure of being part of a gang and feeling, you know, he's got power when he's got that gun.
0: All right, we have more with the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul.
6: Charlemagne? I want to go back to uh, the bail law reform for a second because uh, I saw Tammy Hudson, the mother of uh, Kiara Benefield, and she says your support for NY's no-cash bail law directly led to her daughter's death, and she said you should also be charged with the crime because she feels like you, know, you have responsibility. What do, what do you say to that?
17: All I can say is that is a grieving mother. That is a grieving mother. I understand the anguish she's going through. She, she doesn't understand how this could have happened to her beloved daughter. Leaving her children without grandchildren, without a mom. Uh, My family, my mother was a real champion for victims of domestic violence. Our family started a home for victims of domestic violence. The system failed, and I will just simply say, I'm not going to argue the facts with a woman who's in such pain.
5: Mm -hmm. And a lot of people
6: are saying your lead has shrunk because of the rollbacks on some of the bail law reform. What do you say to that?
17: And I think this is an opportunity for people to listen to what I just explained. Mm -hmm. You know why why the laws are put in place before I got there what I did to correct the areas where there needed to be reforms done and they've only been in place a few months so I'm just simply saying that we really have to tackle the issue of guns mm-hmm. Lee Zeldin has a horrific record on guns, opposes our red flag laws which means that when someone sends a message you know, on social media, I'm going to shoot up a school, we have the right as a society to protect ourselves and go to that person's house and do they have guns this literally happened in Buffalo a few days ago because of the New York State red flag laws that I toughened and Lee Zeldin opposes, the police were able to identify someone who made a threat to their high school, went to their house, and found a whole cache of guns. I want to prevent violence, not yeah. just talk about it afterward.
7: And I think that also, no system is going to be perfect, right, when it comes to certain things. And I know that the cash with cashless bail, there's a lower recidivism rate. I saw that. But then also, um, I don't know how we would argue against the fact that somebody could get out on bail because they have money, but someone else can't because they don't, right? And it's somebody that would get bail otherwise, because there's still people who aren't going to even have the opportunity. There's no bail at all. And so those people who are violent offenders still will have to be in jail. But I think that if somebody is able to get out on bail and the judge is going to give you a bail, that it should be cashless because that just, the only difference is if you have money or if you don't. And I don't see how we would argue that because there are people who are sitting in jail for, you know, speeding tickets and fines and things like that that should be able to get out. But I do feel like, yes, if it's somebody that the judge feels is a danger to society, they shouldn't get out at all. I'm not yeah.
0: talking speeding tickets. No, I'm not. talking. No, we're not but problem. there are people who are sitting
7: in jail for those reasons. I'm
0: talking about like the gentleman who punched the cop in the face and he was uh, punched the cop in the face. He got out right away after getting out a week ago for having a gun charge. Like, after getting out another week ago for alleged uh, assault. Mm-hmm. Like, that, those are... But my thing no is, would he bond. have
7: gotten a cash bail at all?
0: Because no then, then the on. only
7: difference would be... Because you know, then maybe that's somebody that shouldn't get a bail at all. No, I don't feel like right. he should get a bail. So but, the, but the only difference well, that's is... that's the point. That's what she was saying. It's, it's up to the judge's judge
6: discretion. It's up the up same up thing the in Illinois. Illinois. Like, the Republicans took the message in Illinois and, and, and came up with that whole purge thing. But it's the same exact thing. The judge had the discretion to decide. The discretion, yeah.
17: And judges are elected. Mm -hmm. And there's consequences at the polling place.
6: You know, I read an article in the National Review that says the Democratic leadership is making NYC unlivable for conservatives. And there's this Republican exodus. So how do you plan to keep people in New York?
17: Well, we have to give them the jobs. And, you know, people may not want to be here philosophically. We do have we do advance people's rights in this state. And if that's something an individual philosophically doesn't support you know, I hope they will stay. We welcome them to stay and hopefully understand why it's so important for us to have rights for people. And it's been a long journey to get to the rights we have here in the state of New York, whether it's LGBTQ rights, women's rights that are under assault right now. I mean, people want to live in a state where whether or not a woman can decide what to do with her own body is unquestioned. Right. I mean, that's why New York state is even more welcoming. People are starting to want to come here from other states and we embrace them because that's who we are. We're we're so fascinatingly diverse. We welcome people from all over, but also we have jobs now that we didn't have before. So I encourage everyone to stay.
6: Be honest now. MAGA conservatives can go.
17: Let me tell you a story real quick. You got mm-hmm. a second? How much time? I, I would have? hope so. Okay, it's on you. It's on. You. <laughs> it's all right. All right. I'll tell you. This is why I'm a different kind of leader. In Congress, I was elected as the first Democrat to represent the most Republican district in this in the state ten years ago. How did I do that as a Democrat from Buffalo? I went out to the small towns and the diners and the VFW posts and met with the people. And I was out there fighting for health care, protecting Social Security and Medicare. And they saw in me as someone who was not defined so much by labels, but as someone who really had a heart that was a fighter. I, was, I am a fighter. we about re- action. But, but yeah. I voted to protect their interests and I was elected. And one time I was taking a little trip along a canal. There's an Erie Canal. As you all know, it changed the history of New York, the Erie Canal. I was on a boat with my husband. And we pulled up to a dock in one of these really conservative small towns. Docked the boat. Didn't understand why there's so many other boats around. Realized that we were in the middle of a Trump flotilla. Mm. There's all these Trump <laughs> flags flying. And I, we had to jump out. We were going to go try to find a pizzeria in the town to get some food. And we were surrounded by people. And I didn't know if they'd recognize me or not. And I stepped out in the crowd, and I saw a bunch of the guys looking of the hood of a of a, a car.
7: Sounds like a horror movie. No,
17: it gets better. <laughs> it gets better. And they're all looking. I said, "Is it a '67 Chevelle?" I said, "My brother had that. Open up that hood. Let me see what you got under here." So I start talking to these guys. We're talking about, you know, how I drove the pace car at NASCAR. i you know, I, I just I do everything I can. So I start. All of a sudden, we start talking about football because this is up in Buffalo Bills country mm-hmm. so we're talking about the Bills game we're talking about cars we're talking about boating we're talking place to eat. and by the and they knew who I was they knew at the time I was lieutenant governor of New York as a Democrat they were all truly Trump supporters but by the time we were done they said come on back and have a beer with us after you get your dinner here's a place to eat. I do believe that we can connect with people in a different way when you set the election aside in November 9th there'll be an opportunity for me to govern for the next four years in an inclusive way that understands there's parts of our state where they feel neglected, overlooked, whether it's you know in, in the boroughs or whether it's upstate. They need to have a leader who will bring people together and not be so divisive. I've already demonstrated I can be that person and that's exactly why I believe those individuals will still want to stay in a state where their children will have a good education, they have a chance of getting a good job, and will protect the rights of their family. Remember, what, you, your
6: what, no, real, what you're saying, right in theory if we were dealing with a traditional type of conservative. But I feel like when I hear Democrats say that, it sounds like y'all want to play nice with the racists. Y'all want to play nice with the fascists. That's what it sounds like.
17: No, not, no, 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 no. Because no, if you, no, you, no. if you,
6: if you would have started having a conversation about black people or LGBTQ or immigrants with those same individuals, they would have changed real quick. I'm just quick. saying,
17: my job <laughs> is... Shoot, to jump back on that exactly. <laughs> my job as the governor is to not drive people away from our state. That was mm-hmm. that was that seems like that was the premise. you. Mm-hmm. I'm not driving people away from our state. I'm simply saying I want them to understand our values. Our values are what sets us apart as New Yorkers and if they see here and and get to know people. And that's why I think when you get to know people and you start breaking down the barriers because otherwise our country is heading into a dark place. I will always stand up for progressive values and proudly do so. But I also want to reach out with a message to others that say you're worried about your family, the cost of living, safety, Everybody's concerned about those. And I'm the person who's going to lead this state back. So I am calling out white supremacists. I have no trouble sending my state police to investigate any area where I think that there's hatred, where there's racism, there's bigotry. And in fact, I charged our attorney general, Tish James, after the massacre in Buffalo to start monitoring our social media sites and finding out who else is saying what. So we can prevent the next massacre. So no tolerance for that. Mm-hmm. But for those who simply feel that the Democratic Party doesn't speak to them anymore, I'm going to have the conversations and try to pull them back. But I will not try to win over the hearts and minds of someone who hatred. is so so full of hatred. You're absolutely right. There's mm-hmm. There is a big difference between New York Republicans, the old school New York Republicans, mm-hmm. and what has morphed into today.
0: Uh-huh. And we
17: have to call it out for the hatred.
0: Alright. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, and governor, if you free sat, I'm having a problem with my 69 uh, Camaro. If you know anything about those. you know. Let me get out my toolkit.
17: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. It's the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, and we appreciate you for joining Make us. Make sure I, y'all go out
17: there and vote. All right. Thanks, everybody. Early voting is underway.
0: All right. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teladano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts.
15: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
0: Charlamagne the Guy, we are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Stephen A. Smith.
14: It's about time. What's going on? Yeah.
8: Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
7: All right, well, last week on First Take, Stephen A. Smith had some things to say about black people being underpaid compared to their white counterparts, as well as women being underpaid compared to men. Here's what he had to say.
5: We are still black in this country. We don't trust this country in terms of meritocracy always. We know the bottom line is is that just like women are underpaid compared to male counterparts, Blacks are underpaid compared to white counterparts. And so when you look at it from that perspective, and of course, I pay people to look at me. I'm not talking about me, even though I got news for you. I am underpaid compared to some people on television and what they get paid. But that's a subject for another day. I ain't apologize for that to a damn So I am underpaid. Having said all of that, it ain't about me.
7: All right, this sparked a whole conversation. He makes $12 million a year, which is an $8 million yearly salary and a $4 million per year production contract. Well, one person who weighed in was Jamil Hill. Now she posted what some of uh, other people make. Sean Hannity makes $25 million a year. Anderson Cooper makes $12 million a year. Tucker Carlson makes $10 million a year. These are all faces of their networks. I wouldn't consider Troy Aikman the face of ESPN, and he's making $18 million a year.
6: Yeah, I mean, I can see why Stephen A feels like that. I mean, you know, like he said, he said out of everybody on TV, not just, you know, sports broadcasters. And like Jamel said, he, he Stephen A is the face of ESPN. He is ESPN. Let's be clear. Not just ESPN. He's a big part of uh, the Disney ABC family. He does what? I think, what is that? What is that? What's that show? that, that The basketball show. Can't remember the name of it with him and Jalen Rose and Mike Wilborn and all of them that they do before the games. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see him making – more than twelve million a year for everything he does?
13: Mm-hmm.
7: Well, you know, he's unapologetic about it and, and it is As good. he should be. Yeah. All right, now, um, let's talk about Johnny Depp. So he's gonna be doing a Fenty guest a Savage Fenty guest appearance in Rihanna's show. Uh so they're saying he'll be a featured surprise guest in her Savage Fenty volume four fashion show. It's the first time that she's actually uh, inviting, I, I think, a man to be a part of it. So he'll be the first male, and he'll be making history doing that. I was saying, I was watching um, Nightmare on Elm Street on the flight. The first one, I forgot Johnny Depp was in that. If you guys want to flash back and watch that. All right, now Dwayne Wade's ex-wife has filed an objection to her daughter Zaya's uh, name change. Uh, she filed in court yesterday that he's that she feels that Dwayne Wade is trying to make money off of their transgender daughter Zaya's name and gender change and she's filed a petition with the LA County Superior Court um, to legally change 15 year old Zaya. Dwayne Wade filed a petition to legally change her name at the time he said he did notify his ex-wife but in court documents Siobhan said her ex-husband did not try to contact or confer with her regarding Zaya's name change or transition and violated their custody agreement and she also argued that Dwayne Wade who reportedly makes made an estimated $200 million during his 16-year career career, may be pressuring our child to move forward with the name and gender change in order to capitalize on the financial opportunities that he has received from companies as a result of Zaya coming out, according to uh, court documents. Now, Dwayne Wade has already responded to these allegations. Uh, I saw that he was not happy about having to do this at a time when he's on vacation and, you know, dealing with other things, but he said, so this must be the new way of parenting. I guess I have to address these allegations here, which is a damn shame. While I'm a li- while I'm on a life-changing trip in our motherland, Africa, I've received a social media post about me forcing our 15-year-old child to be someone she's not and to do something against her will. These are serious and harmful allegations that have hurt our children. While none of us are surprised by Siobhan's attempt to fight Zaya's identity and her unwavering attempt to drag my name through the mud, I'm very disappointed that she continuously finds ways of centering herself and her needs without regard to her children. This report came came out while Zaya was in class. This is a kid who has maintained a 4.0 GPA in honors classes while navigating all this unsolicited and harmful attention and debates about her gender and sexuality from those who are committed to not listening to her, much less even knowing her. So he goes on to explain his side of things and says that Siobhan has not even been trying to co-parent over the years and she's left her home to see more lawyers and has taken the time to talk to more lawyers since I filed for divorce Then she's left her home to actually see or have truly spoken and listened to Zaire over all these years.
11: That has to be
6: mentally, emotionally, and spiritually draining, right? Which for who, part? For side, everybody? Yeah. yeah, for the whole family. I mean, it's an interesting case, right? Because, you know, the father feels one way, the mother feels one way. And if I read correctly, she's fighting... Uh, because she wants uh, the, the, the child to wait until they're 18 to really make any permanent decisions, right?
7: And she's also saying that their daughter is being pressured to change the name and gender for capitalizing off of the press and attention that it's getting.
6: Yeah, I don't know about all that. That ain't my business. But, but I, that's I think what she's fa- a- alleging. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say, hey, man, you know, wait until the child is 18 before they make any permanent Decisions yeah, it's nobody's. About, about their agenda. Like you said, it's nobody's business.
0: But, you know, they, they that's a conversation they both can have. My mom might see it one way. Dad might see it the other way. You mm-hmm. know? Absolutely.
7: You know, and he does have. and think it's
6: fair just to say the way to the child is 18, though.
7: And I think what he's saying, though, is that Zaya is very aware of who she is. And nobody's pressuring her. This is what she wants to do. And he also says, I've given Siobhan the opportunity to reach out to Zaya's teachers, doctors and therapists over the years and even meet her friends so she could get her own understanding of our child's needs for her life. She won't do it. She has not been to a school recital, graduation school, dance, play date, practice, parent teacher conference, et cetera. And Ziya has given her every opportunity to try to get to know her. She won't do it. So on Dwayne Wade's behalf, he's saying you don't even know your own child. All right. And that is your rumor reports.
6: All right. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, speaking of children, uh, four after the hour, man, we need these two uh, high schoolers in Iowa to come to the front of the congregation. We would like to have a word with them because uh, when I used to get poor grades in school, I had a way of dealing with those things. Uh, they did, too. And I don't think y'all will agree with how they dealt with it. We'll talk about it for after the hour. All right. And then after donkey today,
0: don't forget, ask ye. You can get on them phone lines right now. 800-585-1051. It's the breakfast club. Good morning.
8: The breakfast club. Your mornings will never be the same.
7: You might not have the biggest garage on the block, but with eBay Motors, there's 122 million parts right at your fingertips. Whatever you need, there's something that fits your vehicle. Air filters, tires, seat covers, and more. Get the right parts at the right prices.
0: eBayMotors.com, let's ride. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teladano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts.
15: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: your perfect home sweet
15: home. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session find try this from the washington post wherever you listen you are a donkey
6: <laughs> it's time for donkey of the day donkey of the day does not discriminate i might not have the song of the day but i got the donkey of the day.
9: so if you ever feel i need to be a donkey <laughs> man hit it with the heat
6: yes the breakfast club bitches who's donkey of the day today well, Ed Sheeran, donkey today for Thursday, November 3rd, goes to two Iowa high schoolers named Willard Miller and Jeremy Goodall. Jeremy Goodall okay, both were arrested and charged with murder. <sighs> Who did they murder? They murdered a 66-year-old teacher named Nohima Graber. May God be pleased with that woman's soul. No human deserves that type of fate to live 66 years and be murdered for simply doing your job is unbelievable man boy teachers got a rough job nowadays they've always had a rough job but lord have mercy sadly it's uh the world we live in where something like this can happen but what do you mean uncle charlotte she got killed by two high schoolers for simply doing her job i don't understand well let's go to nbc news for the report please
18: tonight a twisted tragedy in iowa where two teens are accused of killing their spanish teacher and communicating about it on social media.
9: She carried herself like, you know, almost like a queen except very humble. And I just don't know why anybody would want to hurt her.
18: Her name was Noema Graber, now dead at 66 years old. Police say her body was found Wednesday at this park in Fairfield, Iowa, where she was known to take afternoon walks. According to the criminal complaint filed with the Jefferson County Police Department, Graber was covered by a tarp, wheelbarrow, and railroad ties and appeared to have suffered inflicted trauma to the head. The suspects, two 16-year-old students at Fairfield High School, where Graeber taught. Investigators say they found incriminating social media communications between them, detailing the motive, the planning and execution, and even deliberate attempts to conceal the crime. Both have been charged with homicide in the first degree and conspiracy to commit homicide in the first degree.
6: Would you like to know what the motive was? What? Willard Miller and Jerry McGadoll allegedly killed their Spanish teacher last year as payback for a bad grade she gave one of the teens in her class. A bad grade. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, these are the types of people who grow up to be election deniers. All right, these are the types of people who absolutely grow up and commit political violence because they cannot accept the results of an election. All right, here's the thing about grades. Grades are your responsibility. Once the teacher gives you the information, once she does her job and teaches you, it's on you to get good grades. Even if you aren't grasping how to do the work, it's still on you because then you have to ask questions. All right. Say you having some trouble understanding. The moral of the story is there is nothing a teacher can do. You know, uh, there's nothing you can do to a teacher to change a poor grade. And I can't believe that I even have to say this, but killing your teacher. Is definitely not going to change your grade, but it damn sure will change your life because now you're going to prison. All right. And I'm going to tell you something in all my years of grade school, because that's all I got. I graduated with a diploma from Berkeley High School, night school program, actually got left back twice. I was supposed to be class of 96, but I was class of 98. But in all my years of grade school, as much poor grades as I got, even a couple of times I was left back, not once did it cross my mind to physically harm a teacher in no way, shape, or form. Nonetheless, kill her. All right, I thank God for the self-awareness that I have always had to understand that things like this are my fault. When I would get in tr- trouble in school, make poor grades in school, I was fully aware it was my fault. I have no reason to lash out at a teacher for doing her job. Not to mention, Ms. Graeber met with Willard. Okay, According to the report, she met with Willard to discuss his poor grades on the day of her murder. So clearly she cared. That's all we want from teachers is for them to care. And clearly she cared because if she didn't, she wouldn't have met with him. All right, But at what point do you have the bright idea to say, I know what I'm going to do. I know how to handle my poor grades. I'll kill the teacher that gave them to me. Forget studying. Forget getting a tutor. I'm going to just kill the teacher. And being that we're in an era where the more we advance in technology, the more we lose our humanity. Not only did they kill her, they bragged about it on Snapchat. You heard the news report. A witness provided photos of a Snapchat conversation with one of the teens that implicated himself and Miller by name in her killing. But what bugs me out is Willard Miller has an attorney named Christine Branstad. And she's saying... Four search warrants were issued illegally and is asking the court to invalidate all four and suppress the evidence from Snapchat as well as her client's home, comments he made to the police, and information taken from his cell phone. Absolutely freaking not. If somebody commits a crime like this and then they go rap about it uh, in great detail in a song, it should be allowed to be used as evidence. So same rules got to apply here. You killed someone, bragged about it on social media, then it should be used as evidence, period. I don't even understand why lawyers like Christine Branstad take these kinds of cases. Do you realize this young man would do the same thing to you if given the opportunity? He's a little entitled prick. If you lose this case, he might kill you uh, for simply simply because he didn't like the results of the case. Okay, I don't understand the logic of the world we live in. This little boy killed his teacher because he was frustrated with the way she taught Spanish, and he felt his low grade in Spanish was going to lower his overall GPA. Well, damn it, will it? If a poor grade in Spanish is going to lower your GPA, what do you think forever in prison going to do? Both boys are now 17, and they will be tried as adults. Miller's trial is scheduled to begin March 20th, and Jeremy Godal's trial is set to begin December 5th. You got to throw the whole jail at him. All right, the whole entire prison just drop it upon the head top, because I don't know any other way to deal with this kind of evil. This is evil, because these kids had the wherewithal to know uh, they didn't want poor grades. All right, he didn't want, he didn't want a low GPA, and then they created, devised a plan to go kill their teacher. It wasn't a random, reacting out of emotion thing. They knew she liked to take daily walks in the park after school, and they went after her. That's premeditated, well thought out evil. Drop the prison on them. Drop the prison upon your head top, okay? Not to mention, I wish that teacher had a gun. She probably didn't think she needed one doing her daily walk in the park, but I wish she was scrapped because those kids would have backed up off her with that baseball bat if she had a pistol. The moral of the story is, kids, never make a permanent decision based off temporary feelings. In this case, temporary grades. You can correct bad grades, but you can't correct the tragic, terrible mistake of taking this woman's life. Please let Remy Ma give Willard Miller and Jerry McGuidal the biggest hee haw.
1: Hee haw, hee haw. You stupid motherfucker. You dumb.
6: All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Would y'all like to play a game of Guess What Race It Is? Or you think you got this one figured out? Nah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Haven't done it in a long time. Let's play a game of Guess, guess what, what Race It is! is? All right. All right. Willard Miller, Jerry McGuidal, high school student, 16 years old, Iowa, killed. Their Spanish teacher as a payback for bad grades. DJ Envy, guess, guess what race is? White. Shake it Shake it okay, okay, okay. Uh, Angela Yee, two high schoolers from Iowa, 16 years old, Willard Miller and Jerry McAdaw killed their Spanish teacher as payback for a bad grade. Angela Get, Yee, oh. guess, guess what, what race it is? is.
7: Man, I feel so bad even having to discuss this. So, um, but I am gonna say white. Shake
6: it up, shake it I don't know what made y'all come to that conclusions, but that is the white answer. All right, they both are Caucasian. Shake it up, shake
1: it ding 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 ding. ding.
6: Forever is a very long time, oh. and that's how much time they need to get in prison. Because this was premeditated, well thought out, devised evil over a bad damn grade. Come on, man. All right. Come on, man.
0: Well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Mm-hmm. Up next, ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
8: The Breakfast Club. Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice.
0: Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy Angela Yee. Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hey Envy. This is Cassandra from Virginia Beach. Good morning. Hey Cassandra, Good morning, 757. Good, Good morning. morning, Cassandra. What's your question for you? Good
16: morning. So, first of all, I want to say, Envy, my sister and I were on the Tamron Hall episode with
10: you.
1: Really?
16: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, my sister and I are the two sisters that were friends first and then found out we're actually sisters.
10: Ah, uh,
0: okay. Yeah, we, we we didn't get a chance to see you guys because that was during heavy COVID, so they, they kept everybody far yeah. apart from each other.
16: Yep, yep, yep. But, you know, I thought that was interesting. But, anyways, good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Yi. Good morning. So, I have a good job right i make i make decent money Mm -hmm. but it's not filling my cup okay i kind of feel like i'm wasting my talent and but i kind of don't know the direction to you know direction to go in and my husband is very black and white like he's like oh you're making good money it's all good and for me i'm like yeah i am but i feel like i'm kind of wasting my talent well what is your talent I'm really good with people. I like helping people. Um, I was a surgical assistant for an oral surgeon for like five years. Okay. So that's, you know, that's, that's what fills my cup, but the issue is there's a pay cap on that.
13: Hmm.
7: So do you know what it is that you want to do? I,
16: I just wanna help, I don't know. I just wanna help people. I think I'm gonna end up going back to school to like finish my bachelor's degree, because mm-hmm. I haven't finished my degree, but I don't know maybe I should like stay where I'm at right now you know until I figure it out it's just you know I don't know what I want to be when I grow up so they they have a phrase for what it
7: is because like you said you're making good money but you're not satisfied they call that golden handcuffs right that's when you have your financial security you're comfortable in doing what you're doing you have your job but somehow you're not feeling fulfilled Mm -hmm. So what I would advise for you to do is make sure that you're getting your savings together while you're working here so that you have a cushion, right? Because like you said, you make good money, but part of it is that you are ready to get out of that because, you know, you're looking towards the future and you don't ever want to not take a chance on yourself and be fulfilled in your job. So mm-hmm. make sure you're saving right now for that. Get, your, get, get that together. And then you really need to figure out what it is that you want to do. You're talking about going back to school, right? And so school yeah. for what? Do you know what you want to go to school for?
16: It's so crazy. Like, I think I'm just, I already have like X amount of credits. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and just finish it out in either sociology or psychology. Okay. But I just feel like that's just, just like a wide range, you know?
7: Right. So what you need to do is focus on what the goal is and set goals for yourself, because this is a huge shift in what you're going to be doing in your life. But you want to make sure Mm -hmm. that whatever you do, it's realistic and that you have a plan. Right. So what that means is as a plan, financially figure out what it is that you need to have saved up before you make that leap so that you can be comfortable for a period of time and then also figure out what it is that you want to do and set a goal to be able to do that because I think right now you just know, okay, I'm good at this, I enjoy this, but you don't have any idea of what it is that you want your next move to be. So you'll get some clarity on that and sometimes you have an aha moment where it might be while you're in the middle of doing something and something sparks it in you and if that happens when you decide and you get that spark, then start doing things toward achieving that goal. And you can do that while you have your day job and you're saving for that. But I just want to make sure that you have a direction that you're going in so that you can go really hard for something because you got to believe in yourself. The worst thing I feel like is to not do something that your heart is telling you that you want to do. But you want to be prepared in doing that.
16: Yeah, I think it's scared I think it's it's scary to think like is the money gonna come with it, you know? Like my sister and my story blew up. Actually the Breakfast Club posted our story online. Hey now and <laughs> and it blew up so big, you know, and like other adoptees like want our help and I kinda feel like some of that is part of my direction, you know, helping okay. other adoptees maybe find their families, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. All right. Well, I love to see it. So do some
7: research, figure out what type mm-hmm. of things are available out there, do some outreach, reach out to some of these companies. You have a story to tell and something that you're passionate about it because of your own personal story.
16: Right. All right. How can people reach okay. you? So my Instagram is I am Cassandra Ronkel, R A Q U E L. That's my Instagram, that's my TikTok. The story went viral on TikTok, and that's how we got to be on the Today Show and the Breakfast Club and all of that.
7: All right, Cassandra. Well, we'll be uh, watching and keeping up with you. But that's the advice that I can give you for now so you can get some direction on. Okay. Go hard, though. Go hard for yourself. Thank you, Yi. I appreciate that. Bye, y'all.
0: Have a good one. Ask Yi, 800-585-1051. You need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yi now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Mm-hmm.
8: Keep it real. What's up? some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee.
0: Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hi. I want to remain anonymous because
2: my husband listened to y'all, too, and y'all will not be getting me caught up.
7: All
13: right. He'll probably
2: husband,
7: recognize your voice,
2: but go, go, ahead. Yeah. go ahead. Go but I don't even care. He's not even going to notice. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so me and my husband, we getting been together for five years we've been married for three and of those five he's mostly been the breadwinner of our family Mm -hmm. he has his own business as well as he works with the city so my question is we have three kids and i take care of them i'm a stay at home mom but our arguments are always mostly about money and me getting a job Mm -hmm. now he makes enough money well over enough to take care of the family as well as the bills and everything and still be able to say so my question is where am i going wrong what's the problem like why can't you know we continue going on what am i doing wrong like because i do everything around the house like i should because you know i'm a housewife Mm
13: -hmm. and he
2: does everything he should at work but we're still arguing about the whole me not working and, well, you are working, you
7: know, so let's not say you're not working because what you, you do.
2: Thank you, and that is my main
7: argument. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it feels like maybe he's not valuing what it is that you're bringing to the table. Yes. And the way that you need him to. And perhaps for him, you know, having to be at a, a job during the day and, and financing support, there's a lot of stress that comes with that, too.
2: Absolutely, and I completely understand that, which is why when he comes home, you know, I try to have it all prepared for him. Dinner, you know, kids are settled, everything, the house is clean, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't understand, you know, why is it not working the way that we've been? I mean, we've been doing this since five for five years. You know what I'm saying? When I we know. Met, and we part had our first of it, kid after a year.
7: Sometimes people get so comfortable in something, too. Imagine if you did go back to work and now you got to pay for somebody yeah. to watch the kids, you got to pay for a housekeeper, you got to order out more. And he's not exactly. getting those and
13: things. We've
2: done that before. That's why I'm trying to figure out, like, why is it so hard for him to understand, you know, that it works this way for him to work and me watch the kids? Because, like you said, Once you start once I start working as well as them working, we have to pay someone to watch the kids. We have to uh pay to get back and forth, me to get back and forth to work. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot that goes into that. And it's not like I have never worked before in all the five years that we've been together. I've had numerous jobs.
7: Okay. So how about this? I feel like sometimes
2: people find it hard to look
7: at things from another person's perspective. I feel like y'all need a financial planner. Do you
2: have one? No, we don't. We just mostly budget together. Like, he'll bring me the money, let me know all the bills that we have to pay, and we just sit down together and do it together. Okay,
7: which is great, but I do think sometimes an outside person whose expertise Uh is in financial planning can be really beneficial. And a lot of times those services do come, you know, with whatever bank that you have or whatever, you know, for free. So it wouldn't even be something that you and even if you did have to pay something for that, you know, get some um, recommendations. I think it's worth it and it's valuable because it could end up saving you money and reaching goals financially that you guys want to plan for together. So if the goal is
2: because our mm -hmm. main goal
7: is to own our own towing business. Right. And if that's something that you guys are striving toward, then you might need an outside person that can help you guys budget, figure out what investments that you can make for long term and what those short term investments and things that you need to do are in order to achieve those goals. And if you guys are staying on track that way, then there shouldn't be arguments over money. It's hard to not argue over money, though, because it is a stressful thing in relationships and our own relationships with money sometimes come into play and we don't even realize how it affects our relationship because we all have our own issues and our own upbringings and and ways that we feel about money, right? So sometimes what you need is someone to come in and say, okay, what are the goals that you guys have? What is it that you need to achieve? And let's work on getting this timeline timeline right let's work on getting these financial goals met and that can really help you not have to argue about those things anymore because it feels like you guys are trying to handle this on your own and clashing over it and sometimes Mm -hmm. an outside person who's that's their expertise can also show you how it might be more beneficial for you to be at home I think anybody would rather have a parent raising the kids and taking care of things if possible
2: you know and then having
7: to pay somebody else
2: Mm-hmm. I don't want my family members. I don't want, you know, the the system schooling, all that. I don't need them to raise my kids, especially if like I said, he's, you know, making enough money to take care of us where I have that opportunity because I didn't have that. My both my parents, even though I have both of them in my life, they both work, you know, a lot of hours and it, it did something to me. So I don't want to do that to my children. I want them to be able to Come home from school and see mommy at home, house clean, and she's ready to play with us. That's what I want for our family. How many? How old are your kids? Uh, three and two, and then he has an older daughter. She is six.
7: And it might even be an agreement where you're like, okay, when the kids are all in school, right, or when they're in kindergarten, <laughs> at least, then maybe that's something that you guys can revisit. But until then, let's get this going. But I do feel like... Yes. Uh, the emotions get so involved when it comes to finances that you might need to really just be practical about it and have somebody set up a system for you.
2: Yeah, that sounds great because I really don't understand how we continue to have the same argument for five years straight. Okay.
7: All right, good. Well, at least you've uh, targeted and you want to work on it, and I think that's important in knowing that this is what we argue about. How can we fix this before it gets out of control and you guys really can't stand each other?
2: Yes, Absolutely.
7: All right. Well, I wish you luck with that. And I'm telling you, you, get that. And then, like I said, understanding his point of view, maybe you're like, when our two-year-old is in kindergarten or first grade, then we can, you know, look into seeing how I can get back in the workforce if we decide at that time that that makes sense.
2: I'm all for going to work. I have no problem doing it. I just, I want our priorities, which are our kids, to be in order first. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just be going to work, working a nine to five, just so we can say we got money and then we have our children have nothing to show for. Like, we bought them the best of the best, but we didn't have no time for them.
7: Okay, well, good
2: luck with that. Let us know how it works out, too. Thank you so much. I love the Breakfast Club. I listen to y'all every morning. Please keep it all up. DJ Envy, Charlemagne. Yee, I love y'all. Thank y'all. Thank, Thank you, we you, love Mama. you, too. Love
0: you more. Asking 800-585-1051. Now, we got rumors on the way?
7: Yes, and let's talk about Wakanda forever. We'll tell you what Ryan Coogler had to say about getting Rihanna on that soundtrack. And also, who else is going to be featured?
0: All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Ryan Coogler. It's time,
13: time. She's spilling the tea.
0: This is The Rumor Report
8: with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
7: Well, as we're getting ready for the Wakanda Forever, let's talk about Rihanna on the soundtrack. Now, Ryan Kugler sat down with Gil King on CBS and talked about reaching out to her personally to get her on there. Here's what he said.
17: Let's talk about Rihanna. We can't even say why Rihanna, because it's Rihanna. But beyond that, <laughs> what, what was your pitch to her? Because you reached out yeah. to her, I'm told personally. Yeah,
6: I, I, I think um, she has a lot of great people around. You know, um, um, Jay Brown, especially yes. one of the partners at, at Rock Nation.
3: Yeah.
6: Um, and, and it was really, you know, talking to the folks around her because she was in a position where her life was changing. She was becoming a mom, and um, and she kind of had a phalanx of folks, you know, mm-hmm. that she trusted, yeah. who, who we were commu- who we were in constant communication with, and then they would go communicate with her. Um, and I think the trailer is what spoke to her the most. Um, she kind of saw the performances that the actors were putting down and, and what the tone was, heard that beautiful music by Thames mixed with Kendrick. And um, and then she, you know, and, and it timed up with her, you know, coming into the space where she was ready to yeah. engage with the world musically. again. Yeah. Yeah.
7: All right. Well, dope. I mean, that was a huge moment and that mm-hmm. makes sense. Other people that are featured on the soundtrack um, include Burner Boy. Thames is on there, Know the Product featuring E-40, mm-hmm. Stormzy, Fireboy, DML, amongst others. So, I ain't heard
6: from Snow in a minute. I'd love to hear some new Snow as well. Dropping on the Clues boss with Snow to Fire. Man, that, that soundtrack got everybody uh, making music again who ain't made music in a while, right? Mm-hmm.
7: All right, now T-Pain sat down with Trevor Noah, and he talked about a lot of different things, like his depression.
6: You went into a depression, and you spoke about how you had to work on your mental to come out Absolutely. of this.
7: Absolutely.
12: I, I love being vocal about things like that because it wasn't set in the blueprints before me nobody tells you about the down right. everybody always tells you about right. the up and i always look back at the, the you know the people that came before me and i'm like why why didn't y'all tell me about this Damn. <laughs> like you know according to them it was all, it's, it's money girls big house somehow your wife don't find out about any of that uh, <laughs> you know the fantasy world. <laughs> but, you know, nobody told us about the downs, so I, right. I try to stay vocal about that to let people know these things are going to happen. There's no magical world in the multiverse that everybody is happy all the time.
11: Yeah, that's
6: right. And that's how you eradicate the stigma of, you know, mental health issues, by simply talking about them. So share your stories, people.
7: He also says that he has no regrets when it comes to his career.
6: What would you do differently and why?
7: Uh, condoms. That would probably
12: be <laughs> I'll probably invest in them bitches. <laughs> <by myself. laughs> no, man, I don't think I would change anything. I think the, the, the most important thing that came out of how I've done everything is the lessons I've acquired while doing them, right. you know? And, and knowing each end of the spectrum is always better than going in it blindly and going off of faith. Um, you know, as I said, having that information, if I would've came into the game and I would've stayed successful for this long, the downfall would have just been from a higher height right you know what i'm saying so i kind of embraced the fact that i was able to go jump in the kiddie pool real quick and then move to the high you know I, i i just wanted to have that experience in my life and i don't regret any part of it
7: all right now listen to this there's a netflix documentary that's supposed to be coming out on saturdays called orgasm inc and they're getting sued over this um, documentary. It's a group of 15 former participants of One Taste. Now, if you don't know what One Taste is, they've been accused of being an orgasm cult. They've even been investigated by the FBI. They operated from 2005 to 2018. They build themselves as a sexual wellness company focusing on orgasmic meditation. Now, what happened is the group is saying the film orgasm inc uses sexually explicit stolen footage and they want a temporary restraining order for that they said the footage in the documentary was stolen and distributed by a former videographer for the company and the footage depicts intimate body parts and acts of sexual intercourse as well as nudity and intimate touching as part of instructions of the concepts and methods that they were taught with um, one taste so they also claim that before being filmed for classes workshops or events The group had documents acknowledging the event would be confidential. They also had verbal agreement and a show of hands from all participants agreeing that the event was conducted in a safe space where intimate ideas and deep personal feelings could be discussed privately and confidentially without any fear or worry that they would be publicly revealed. They also said the videographer signed a confidential and proprietary information agreement, but he's defended himself by arguing that some of the plaintiffs in the case are public figures. So it's supposed to be out on Saturday, but now uh, they're suing to try to get this temporary restraining order. They said that they have no idea what footage is actually featured in the film because Netflix will not let them know. Okay. So I don't know if it's going to be out on Saturday or not. But again, you know, we always talk about these documentaries and public information and public figures. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And that is your Rumor reports.
0: All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Um, shout out to Van Lathan. Hip Hop Homicides comes on tonight on WE TV. All right. That happens at, uh, I believe, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. So definitely check it out. Of course, it's a show executive produced by 50 Cent and Mona Scott. And they, uh, each and every week, they go through, you know, homicides in hip hop. So this week, they're going to break down Pop Smoke. And they're going to talk to... Uh, Detectives, they're going to talk to Pop Smoke's best friend, his mother, the young lady where well, he was with that night. They're going to tell you how the incident happened, why. So, uh, it's a very great show.
6: No, it's a great show. I mean, if you you know uh, if you know anything about the podcast world, like true crime mm-hmm. is like the number one thing in the podcast space right now. I don't even think it's just the podcast space. It's just just true crime, period. And this is like this is true crime for hip hop.
0: Yeah, yep, 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 so... uh but
6: sadly, these are criminal cases.
0: Yeah, it is, and they break down this week is, is Pop Smoke, and um, it's very sad once you hear the the story and, and how everything that happened, so definitely tune in tonight on WE tv, and then uh, me and Van, after the show, we talk on uh, WE tv about the episode, and then after, we actually do it together where we take live calls, and we go right to live to talk to people, to speak to people about everything they've seen, and, and, and you know, everything, so...
6: Tune That's in tonight, good, man, you get to live out your cop dreams. Between that and um, what's that show you on CBS? You really getting to live out your cop East dreams, East New man. York, East New York, yeah, on CBS.
0: And it's funny that you know because I think Van's I a, I think his dad was a retired police officer, and so was mine. So when they needed somebody to break down and talk no. about it, they called me. I thought so. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. Nah, man.
1: Bad. Oh, you know what? I'm talking only... about
0: Killer Mike. That's Killer Mike's family that was yeah. right. Yeah. i like, what? But that's why they called me because it's like, your dad's a retired cop, you have a, a different angle. But it's pretty cool. We, we break down a lot of it and can't wait for you guys to check it out uh, on uh, WeTV, 9 o'clock. Shout out to Mona Scott. Shout out
6: to 5th. That's right. And make sure you tune in to my late night talk show, too, a hell of a week tonight at 1130 on Comedy Central. Right after the Daily Show, we got some great guests tonight. We got Joe Coscarelli from the New York Times. He'll be on the panel. Uh, Tiffany Cross from MSNBC will be on the panel. And some guy named Donnell Rollins. Y'all might have heard him. He's supposed to be a comedian or something? Yeah, he's coming on the show tomorrow. So he'll, He'll be on there tonight, too. So 1130 p.m. on Comedy Central right after the Daily Show, my late night talk show. Hell of a week. Tune in. All right. The mix is up next. The Breakfast
0: Club. Your mornings will never be the same. When it's time to get with someone special, the best way to do it is with Magnum large size condoms. That gold foil wrapper is a badge of honor and it means you're protected. And you take care of things with comfort. Accept no substitutes. Bring the pleasure with the gold standard. Magnum large size condoms. Morning everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Uh, We got a shout-out to the governor, New York Governor Kathy Hochul, for joining us this morning.
7: Again, make sure you guys get out there and vote in your local elections.
6: Absolutely. All right. Well, you got a positive note, Charlamagne. I do have a positive note, and it's simple. Uh, At some point, you got to stop talking and just prove you're not one of them. Breakfast club, bitches!
1: (laughs) You all finished or you all done? Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine
3: Perfect
5: home, sweet home. AT and T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio.